You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, I'm Katherine Griffiths. And I'm Stefania Romeo, and you're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. This week, we're talking about confidence. And this is something that has come up quite a bit recently in our community. And we've experienced challenges in this area ourselves. We're talking about why, as humans, we struggle with confidence, how it tends to show up more in women versus men, and our stories and the types of situations it presents itself in. And confidence is actually a skill that can be learned. So if you feel like you want more of it, you can have it. We've been studying confidence for a while, both through our own self-study, I'll say, and through the women we work with. So Catherine and I both coach women one-on-one. We work with groups and companies, and this is one of the number one things that comes up constantly, whether it's feeling not confident enough overall or whether you feel like your confidence level has really extreme peaks and valleys based on who you're talking to. When we're confident... We're meant to really sustain that no matter who we're talking to. But that's one of the biggest things I feel like comes up is that confidence dips and changes for some people depending on the scenario. So before we get in the conversation, because of this, we created a tool that can help you. So there are a number of different exercises that you can do when it comes to journaling, integrating subconscious limiting beliefs, even language swaps. This is huge. And this is one I find really interesting. There are tons of tactical ways that are proven to help you embody confidence. So we created a free four-week guide for you to follow to project and own your confidence in every area of life. So if you want to get that four-week guide, I love it. I'm so proud of it. All you have to do is go into the show notes for this episode right now and click the link and we will send you that free four-week guide to projecting confidence based on what we have seen and what the research shows really works and can shift things for you quickly. So go into the show notes, click the link for the four-week guide to confidence and it's yours. Okay. So Kat, you have been doing some research on this and I thought you pulled a really interesting study. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I came across a study that was done at Cornell University and this study found that men overestimate their abilities and performance (laughs) while women underestimate both. (laughs) So this may not be surprising. And of course, this is not all men and all women. There are certainly exceptions, but generally speaking, this is what the research is showing. And interestingly enough, their performance doesn't differ in quality or quantity. 
but women are still frequently expressing that they don't feel like they deserve their job or their imposters. So this is also known as imposter syndrome that we've talked about before on the podcast. And they feel like I could just be found out at any moment. So I found that really interesting. That's totally the imposter syndrome. And I've totally been there where it's like, they're going to find out I'm not as good as they think I am. So I think that that is really resonant. But you know what this reminded me of actually? Something that we shared for Women's History Day a couple of weeks ago, really fascinating research on women-led companies. So this is totally mind-blowing. Women only receive 3% of all venture capital dollars. Yet women-led companies perform 63% percent better than non-women led companies. And why is that? I do think that a lot of it is the confidence piece where like women tend to feel like I have to be 100% correct in order to say something. Cause I know that that's been my experience. Whereas I feel like that's not, and again, these are generalizations, it's not everyone, but I feel like that's not as prevalent in men. Like they're more like, whatever, I'm just, I'm confident. Even if this isn't true, I believe in it so much that I'm just saying it. But for women, it's more about being correct and having the facts all right. Yeah. I think that that happens a lot where we feel like we can't speak unless we know every single answer. I think that that's one of the things that makes women such great leaders, leaders of companies, leaders of teams, but it can also then have a flip side that that's the downside of it is that like, I feel like we are so good at seeing every single side of a situation. So we kind of over-index, I believe, on the ability to kind of play out every scenario that might happen with what we're suggesting or what we're saying. So I know I do that. I think about, and sometimes I even do that out loud, but I do that where I say, okay, here's something we could do. But if we do this, maybe this would happen or maybe this would happen or maybe this would happen. And so I think that can be paralyzing sometimes where I think that, in general, men tend to be more black and white in their thinking. And again, not everyone, but in terms of, okay, we're just going to like do this. And and I'm not necessarily going down every path in my mind about what may or may not go wrong. The more that we plan and try and think of every, all the scenarios, like the actual opportunity can just pass by. So, yeah. So this research also says that women's confidence increases over time and with experience and age, which I think is Mm -hmm. great. It supports though that we feel like we need to know more in order Mm -hmm. to project confidence. And that definitely comes with age and wisdom. But then there's another element that I feel like I've experienced a little bit. Like I feel like as I get older, I've become more cautious in general Mm -hmm. because I don't know, maybe there's more to lose or you just know more. So I'm not as fearless as I was when I was in my 20s or even before that. So I do think you become more confident. Maybe you don't even realize that you're becoming more confident, but there's more fear as well over getting something wrong or maybe you don't take as many risks. Yeah, I mean, I think that often as we grow, as we get older, as we have more experience, we tend to have more to lose. So Mm -hmm. taking risks are bigger bets than they were before. But at the same time, they are also, they're bigger upside to those bets too. So I think that if we're willing to do it, if we have the guts to do the scary thing, it can pay off. But at the same time, we know we're taking a risk. 
In some ways, I feel like I take greater risks now than I did before in some areas of life and not in others. I mean, I think that because I had such a traditional upbringing, I tended to be safer or, you know, afraid to ask for things or nervous to ask for a big raise or or things like that. Whereas like now in terms of asking for things or reaching out to people or putting myself out there, I feel like I take a lot more of those risks because I think I've just learned with life experience that like you really don't ever have anything to lose, especially in those scenarios where the biggest thing you have to lose is, is face basically, if someone rejects you or doesn't respond to you, I don't care about that. I'm not going to let that stop me from putting myself out there, which I think is something that has come with age and experience. Yeah. I mean, that's so true because once you start doing it more and more, you realize, A, no one cares about whatever it is as much as you do. (laughs) And B, it doesn't matter. Like you have absolutely nothing to lose. And I think for me, I have never had any issues whatsoever making really big life risks. I just do it without a problem. (laughs) Like I'll move somewhere. It's those smaller day-to-day things that I have always been a little bit more hesitant, which is interesting because it's like the big things I know I've always backed myself. I know that I'll be okay no matter what. It's just like those small day-to-day things like putting myself out there or, you know, wanting to be 100% correct. So what is at the root of lacking confidence? Why do people lack confidence or project low confidence? There are five key reasons why people lack confidence. So one of them is just having these excessive expectations, perhaps unrealistic expectations of yourself and that need to be perfect. So perfectionism. And when we feel like we are always needing to be perfect, then we can either freeze and not do something or take so long to perfect something and not get it out into the world. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two is harsh self-judgment. So just not feeling good enough. And this comes up a lot in our coaching work. And then there's preoccupation with fear. So this is also very paralyzing, just having that fear of almost catastrophizing everything. Well, what if I do this and it doesn't work out and then I lose everything and I just constantly going into this worst case scenario, fear-based mentality then just lack of experience. So if you don't know how to do something or you're starting something for the very first time, you might feel like, oh, I don't have confidence in this, or it could cause more confidence long-term or more confidence issues long-term because you feel like, well, I, I don't know how to do this. So causing issues in that area. And then similar to that one is just lack of skills. Okay. So I definitely have a couple of personal stories on how these have shown up for me. But before we get into our stories, here's a quick note about our partner, Sakara. Hey guys, Stefania here. Do you ever feel like you're carrying around extra weight that doesn't feel like it's yours? Do you ever wake up in the morning with puffy eyes or a swollen face thinking, that's not me in the mirror? Okay, same. So much of this I've learned is caused by inflammation in our bodies. It comes from our lifestyle and all the things that come with living in the modern world. 
The solve to all of this for me has been Sakara. I absolutely love their meal programs. They have the most delicious plant-based meals that are easy, delicious, detoxifying, and they also have a more hardcore level two detox, which is my personal favorite. This program really works. It's changed my body, my skin, my mental clarity. I've gotten so many friends and family onto this program. Even my mom and dad are super into it. If you want to check it out, Sakara is offering a 20% off discount for the Vera community with code XOVERA at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's code XOVERA. You can find the link in the episode show notes. Use code XOVERA for 20% off your first order from Sakara. And reach out to me if you have any questions. So there's a couple of things that are coming to mind with these five reasons why people lack confidence. One thing that I've definitely experienced, and I still do sometimes, but I'm much more mindful of it now, is having dips or peaks in confidence based on who I'm speaking to. So at work, this has shown up a lot for me where in the context of, say, presenting an idea or presenting a piece of work that I've done, If I say pitch that idea to someone who I perceive as being more experienced or knowledgeable or, you know, I'm saying this in quotes, smarter than me, I tend to not do as well as when I'm pitching or presenting that idea to someone who I view as a peer or someone who I view as an equal. I can think of a great example of this that happened to me where I did have to pitch an idea and I pitched it to a friend and I knocked it out of the park. I was so lit up. I was so fired up. I was so energized. The pitch came off amazing. Everyone who heard it, my friend, the others who were around thought it was so amazing and got everyone excited because I was so relaxed and comfortable when I was talking about it. Then when I had the same exercise with a more senior leadership figure who I perceived to be superior to me, I didn't do as well because I was so, I think I was so worried about everything I thought that they knew that was more than what I knew. When you have an example like this, and I want everyone listening to really think about this, how you kind of perform or exude confidence with someone you perceive as a peer versus someone that you perceive as being superior to you, it kind of shows you that, hey, you have that in you. You have everything you need and you have exactly what it takes. In some ways, you're blocking it because of that harsh self-judgment. You're blocking it because you're feeling that you are not good enough in comparison to this other person. I think it's a really interesting phenomenon. Yeah, definitely. There are certain people that bring it out in me and some people where I feel like I'm on top of the world. (laughs) I completely relate to that. I think that there are a couple of reasons why it happens. And when you feel like feelings of inadequacy around certain people, I think it's a trigger for you or for us, you know, whoever it is, (laughs) not owning your own power. So it's almost like here is key or here's a hint that you are not fully in your power and this person's just bringing it out of you. Yeah. So it's like looking at it in terms of a trigger is the way that I look at it. And it's uncomfortable because sometimes when it happens to me, 
I almost want to just blame the other person. Like, and this is more for triggers, not necessarily confidence, but I'm like, well, that person was arrogant or that person is this, but yeah, it has nothing to do with the other person and everything to do with you. So that has been harder for me to, when that comes up, harder for me to face, but that is what's happening. It's just like this person's just bringing it out for you. So that way you grow and you become the best version of yourself. Exactly. I completely agree. I had a very visceral experience years ago that propelled me really quickly into this realization. This is what made me realize that my own anxiety and fear was holding me back from projecting my highest confidence and from performing my best at work. So there was a period of time where I was flying actually to St. Louis. This was when I was working at BuzzFeed. I used to have to fly to St. Louis often to work with a client that was based there. So this was during a period of time where I was experiencing a very acute fear of flying. So I've talked about this before, but I definitely went through a period of being really afraid of flying. And when you fly to St. Louis, Missouri from New York, the planes are not it. You're not flying in luxury. You're kind of flying on very, very old planes from the 80s that still have ashtrays in them. That was my experience at least. So I was really uncomfortable. So I would, and I don't necessarily recommend this, and I'm not saying that anyone should do this to have their awakening, but I would take Xanax for those flights. And when I got to my meeting, I would be so tired because I had taken Xanax, but I was so relaxed that I would then have a big coffee and caffeine so that I was energized. And I kind of had this like, you know, alchemical reaction where I was so relaxed from having taken Xanax for my flight, but then also energized from having taken coffee. And the things that would come out of my mouth in those meetings, the way that I would crush those meetings, you know, was like a totally new level of operating for me. And I remember sitting in some of those rooms and being like, where are these words coming from? How am I doing this? I'm so confident I am owning this room and thinking that, wow, like this is what's happening when my anxiety and my insecurity, I guess, my fear around not being good enough is suppressed. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to get that awareness in that moment. And it's something that I think about all the time. And even though I no longer, you know, I'm not taking Xanax before meetings or anything (laughs) like that, but, you know, just having that experience to be able to build the awareness was very, very powerful for me. Yeah, that's such a good example. And I think there are certain times when I felt like that too. It's almost like you have a crutch. I think Mm -hmm. I I felt like that a lot with alcohol, actually. Like I'm so, and I've talked about this before, but if I have a a couple of drinks, I'm so much more confident just because, and it's not even like the alcohol is doing anything. It's just that crutch. Like, oh, I have this now to help ease my anxiety. And then it just kind of like all that anxiety kind of suppresses, like you were saying. And then I project a lot more confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So my story, I was thinking a little bit about when this started with me, because I think for me, the biggest thing is getting things right and not wanting to speak unless I'm 100% correct. And I remember Mm -hmm. when I was in college, working on group projects would really bring that out where I wanted to, like, I feel like I had the answer, but I wasn't 100% sure that it was the right answer. So then I wouldn't say anything. And when I did speak, if I got something like, I remember another team member said something like, oh, that's not correct. 
And I remember that that moment, my face got so hot and I was sweating Mm -hmm. profusely. It was so red. And it was just this like embarrassment because, and it wasn't even a big deal. It wasn't like I did something horrible. It was just like, oh yeah, no, that's not right. It's this. It probably happened even before that where I feel this need to always be correct and like I'm coming off as smart and intelligent and that's the way that I look at it. Well, you are only that if you say the right things, which is like such a rigid way of thinking. But that is where, that was one of the moments that I remember that where like it does, you know, even in my career that had come up a little bit more where I'm speaking and I'm like, I'm going to say something and if it's not right, then I'm going to get this like hot, like this heat that's all throughout my body. Yeah. And so that's something that I've really gained awareness around is like, what is right and wrong anyway? (laughs) Like it doesn't have to be, nothing has to be 100% right. It's just believing in what you're saying. So that's what I've really worked on throughout my career. Just believe in what you're saying. Don't worry about whether or not it's like factual and there's research behind it and all of this other stuff. Just believe it. Oh yeah. And that's where innovation comes from. One of my favorite quotes from the entrepreneur innovator Naveen Jain is true innovation only comes from the outside of expertise. Experts can only innovate, you know, plus 10, plus 20% because they're so aware of the constraints. And I think that that's what happens a lot of times in work situations too, where maybe we present an idea or we say, hey, here's what I think we should do. Maybe we have a whole table of people around us telling us why we can't or why it will take too long or why we don't have the resources. But it's only by operating outside of those constraints and and allowing yourself to have ideas and imagination outside of those constraints that you can actually make meaningful change and really do something differently and have an impact. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I do is I don't consume a lot of information when I'm trying to solve a problem or come up with a new idea because I'll get so strayed from all of that information out there. I have to be in my own energy and then I have my own ideas that come through versus picking up everything else from the world. And that's something that I do a lot. And I actually get, if I'm by myself and just thinking in my own thoughts, then I actually get downloads of like these like ideas that I, I feel like I have to communicate in some way right away. Yeah. I think the downloads thing is really real. If we can listen to ourselves, we'll just know the answer. We'll get the download. Yeah. And that helps a lot with confidence too, because it's coming from you. Like it's not coming from anyone, anything else. Yeah. Okay. So let's share a few of our actionable steps, things that you can do right now to be operating more in your confidence and projecting more confidence. So You can download the full four-week guide to confidence at the link in the show notes, but we'll give you a little bit of a taste of some of the things and some of the actionable steps that you can implement now. So I want you to take from this conversation a couple of actionable steps for anyone listening to project greater confidence in anything that you do. You can download the full four-week guide to projecting more confidence with tons of steps and tips and reflection and exercises, but here's a little bit of a taste of what you can start doing right now. First, and this is so huge, I believe it aligns with every single reason that we talked about of the five, is what I call turning intimidation into curiosity. 
turning intimidation into curiosity. So one of the things that happens often is that we tend to freeze or shrink or allow nerves or anxiety to get the best of us when we are not in our confidence, when we're interacting with someone or something or a group that we feel is superior to us. So this happens in that in the example where we talked about not feeling good enough and we're comparing ourselves to someone else we're interacting with. Also, when we feel like we lack the skills or experience to really be operating at 100 in something. What turning intimidation into curiosity means is building an awareness and catching yourself when you're moving into that, I'm going to freeze or shrink because I don't know all the answers and totally flipping the script and looking at that other person who you look at as being having more expertise or believing that they're superior and say, wow, this person is my resource. I'm sitting across from them right now, or I'm speaking to this person right now, and I believe I have something to learn from them. So when you notice yourself starting to freeze up or shrink or get smaller, think about what do I feel like this person knows more of than me? And use that as a conversation to engage and ask. So that even could look like an example, if someone asks you a question, if that person on the other side asks you a question and you're not sure of the answer, you can come back to them and say, that's really interesting. Let me think about that. How do you think about that? Or how have you done that in the past? And open up that conversation so that you're essentially alchemizing and neutralizing that intimidation and creating flow and expansion and turning that into curiosity. And a lot of times, not only will that help you with your confidence, but it can also build really beautiful and helpful relationships for you too. Yeah. And also ask yourself, what am I bringing to the table that maybe this person isn't bringing, or maybe I can teach this person about? Because I think that sometimes we can be so focused on the other person, especially if they're coming off in a way that we might want to come off as or or whatever the case may be. But you're also bringing so much to the table. So think about that and reflect on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like two sides of it where it's both, I'm going to actually leverage this person to my benefit. And I have my unique perspective that literally no other human on this earth has except for me. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. The last tip that we will leave you with, this is one that I think we are always building more awareness and becoming mindful of. I think I've probably said this and done this in this conversation myself, so I'm not perfect. Be mindful of your use of the word just. When you say just, you're essentially undermining anything that comes after it. That's true when you're communicating via email. I just wanted to follow up I just wanted to send, I just wanted, you're already communicating in an energy of low confidence. And same thing when you're speaking. I mean, again, I think we don't want to be so hard on ourselves and this is in the vernacular and vocabulary, but be mindful of how much you're using the word just because there is an energy of undermining what comes after it. There's this energy of kind of, you know, I don't want to be too big with this making language tweaks like that not only changes the way you're interacting with people, but it changes the messages that you're telling yourself too. And what your language is kind of communicating to your own internal world and to your own brain too. It's not just, it's important and it's meaningful, whatever it is. And so beginning to build an awareness around when you are using 
that and when you're using it as a filler and what types of things it's being incorporated in for you, it's different for everyone, but it can open up a lot of, of opportunity and opportunity for change. Yes, that's huge. Language is huge. And there's other language tweaks that you can leverage to gain more confidence as well in the four week guide. But I love that one. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm guilty of it too sometimes. So it's good to just be, just be aware of it. Yeah. I think with a lot of this stuff, it's not about, you know, taking all the steps and fixing it and, and taking every action right away, but you'll be guided to action simply by building your awareness. Yeah. And everything takes time. All right, we'll leave it there for today. As always, if you've been enjoying the show, if you've been getting value out of it, leave us a review and share this episode with a friend that has been struggling with confidence or looking to improve their confidence. It helps us grow and reach an even bigger community. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend. And hit subscribe so you never miss a show.